Made Up Audio Productions presents Gather the Suspects. Episode 6, The Donumore. You're back. Yeah, well, Gethin figured by now they've caught the guy and it would be safe to come back. You know what this is all about? Very mysterious. Uh, not more bad news, I hope? I'm sure we'll see shortly. Oh, I have to tell you about these amazing shoes I found in town. They are just to die for. I'm going to wear them with that bag, you know, the one I took to the work party last yeah, year. Yeah, over here. I'm sorry. Looks important. I uh, I should probably uh... see you in work tomorrow. Have a great meeting. Have a great meeting. Who in the world has ever wished anyone that? Psychopath. That's who. Thanks for the save, V. What's this about Dan? He's figured it out, hasn't he? Maybe. I just hope to God he can prove it. Excuse me. Everyone, can I have your attention? Excuse me. Everyone. Quiet, please. Mr. Williams, are you paying attention? Good. Right. Jack, this stage is yours. Thanks for coming at such short notice, everyone. It's been a strange few days for all of us, and I wanted to have you here to ask... What is this? Where where is Khan? Mr. Khan will be along shortly. He asked me to start the meeting while he gets here. Right. The reason I brought you all here today is to reveal to you the identity of the killer. A killer, or should I say killers, that brutally murdered Daniel Harris and Linda Patel Smith, amongst many others, and have been here in our midst the whole time. Have you lost the plot? We already found the killer. Unfortunately, what you found, Mr. Hanson, was a scared asylum seeker lured here to provide cover for the real killers. The man the police have in custody can barely walk, let alone murder a fully fit ex-policeman and flee the scene in seconds. Oh, ridiculous. I'm not wasting any more time listening to this, 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 uh, this, this piffle. Come on, Gillian, we're leaving. Oh, sit down and be quiet, will you? We want to hear what Jack has to say. We will not be spoken to like that by you. Huh, why not? That's how you talk to everyone else. And we have to sit here and listen politely to your stupid small-minded opinions. Sit down, you self-important bunch of windbags. You're making yourselves look like a bunch of idiots. Well, never in my life have I... We want to hear. Wow. Well, who had money on Will being the one to snap? But, seems to have worked. They are sitting there like scolded children. So, um... Thank you, Will. As I was saying, the killers have been hiding here in Prosperity Heights in plain sight. Who is it then? Tell us. And tell you I will. But first, let's run through the suspects who have both the motive and the opportunity to kill. Do we have to? I'm glad you asked, Mr. Williams. As by running through this, you will be left with no doubt of the guilt of the murderers. 
You all remember that first meeting after Dan was murdered? At the time, Mr. Hampson made his feelings quite widely known that we should be talking to Amelia Farrington, Dan's girlfriend. Despite having no motive to kill her boyfriend, we are nothing if not reasonable, so decided to check out Mr. Hampson's grudge. I mean, hunch. And? Like I said, she had no motive to kill. What's more, she wasn't even in the building when Dan was murdered. So that was pretty open and shut. Amelia was not the killer. But she did reveal to me that Dan had been dating the Hampson's daughter. She also confirmed that when the relationship broke down and Dan and Amelia got together, the Hampsons started a campaign against the pair, which resulted in a drunk Giles Hampson turning up in the middle of the night looking for a fight. Isn't that right, Giles? It's Mr. Hampson to you, and I already admitted to this, this brief loss of wits when you burst into my home and accused me of murder. Which made me wonder if Giles had suffered any other brief losses of wits. One that might have led to the killing of Dan Harris. I'd be very careful where you are going with this. But, alas, whilst Giles certainly had the motive and clearly a very, very angry and bitter old soak, a murderer he certainly was not. This is some additional fun I wasn't expecting. Mr Hampson is absolutely seething. If he clenches onto the seat of his chair any harder, it might just break in half and he'll tumble to the floor. Let's hope. Which brings us on to Mrs Hampson. Me? How dare you? Ah, but I have to dare. Or I couldn't work out for sure who killed Dan and Linda. You seem to hate Dan even more than your husband, is that not true? Well, yes. He tore up my family and then shacked up with that trollop without even a second thought. So, you see, everyone, we have a motive. And as we started wondering how someone could kill Dan and escape before the Hampsons found his body, there was also an opportunity for murder. I didn't kill him. No, 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 you didn't. Dan had been stabbed in the back, which means unless you have a lot more strength than I'm giving you credit for, you are not the killer. The killer was someone in the lift with Dan when he was murdered. Then what about her? She was in the lift with him last. Who? Me? Luckily, Rishi was visiting friends on our floor. He was leaving as Kara left the lift and saw Dan very much alive and well carrying on his upward journey. Yeah, that's right. I was just opening the door to the stairwell when I heard the screaming. Well then, who did kill him? Oh, I'm getting to that, don't you worry. On returning from Hampson's, we received a mysterious note from Linda, telling us she knew who had killed Dan. But by the time we had got there, it was too late. At this point, we had to suspect everyone. And even you and your good lady were under suspicion, Gethin. Why us? What we do? Uh, let me check my notes. Uh, running up the stairs, I believe. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, yeah, it is. But to find the killer, you have to discount all possible alternatives. The thing is, you were seen close to both Dan and Linda's killings, and in the case of Linda's death, you were actually seen running away from the crime scene. Well, 
rubbish. We were just running. It, it wasn't away from anything. Ah, not knowingly. But there we have the opportunity again, but no motive. There's no conceivable reason why it would make sense for you to want either Dan or Linda dead. And only a crazy person would still continue to think you did until they become so obsessed over it they would ultimately break into your flat and look for evidence. Uh, say what now? Who broke into our flat? The git. He's enjoying this. Keep up, Gethin. I said no one would break into your flat. Oh... Only a crazy person would still think you killed either Dan or Linda. But it shows you the mindset needed to find the real killers. Motive and opportunity. Motive and opportunity. Motive and opportunity. Quit stalling. Tell us who did it or stop wasting our time. I told you I'm getting to a chill. So, after hitting a brick wall, Amelia told us that Dan was detective in the police before the war. Something unbeknownst to me at the time. Really? I thought everyone knew that. Well, apparently everyone did, apart from me. She also revealed that Dan had been trying to solve some old case from his time in the force, and it's possible he and Linda used to discuss it together. But what case could have been so big that resulted in the murder of both himself and Linda? And? As it turns out, a really bloody big one. We aren't just looking for the murderer of two people here. This goes a lot deeper. This is the work of serial murderers trying desperately to cover their tracks. Tracks which led Dan to these apartments two years ago so we could keep watch over his main suspect. Isn't that right, Jimmy? Boom! <laughs> what? Me? Oh, come on now, boyo. That's ridiculous. Why should I want to kill him? With either of them? I think that Dan finally worked out exactly who you are, Mr. Rich. And exactly what you had done. Done what, man? Oh, you're not making any sense. I mean, clearly the stress has got to you. Really, Jack? This is getting out of hand. Someone needs to put a stop to... We want to hear. You know, when Giles had found that poor guy above the pool, I would have probably agreed. I thought my hunch was wrong and I was going crazy. Occam's razor. The more simple explanation is probably the right one. Oh, not you too. Except in this case. It wasn't. In fact, it was a very elaborate plan that had been unfolding for decades. A plan that saw you and your partner, Jimmy Pickens, kill over 45 people dating from 1983 right through to this week when you brutally murdered Dan and Linda for uncovering your crimes. What? No, that's ridiculous. Oh, everyone, come on, you can see that, right? Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, and by that I mean a TV and a Chromecast, I can show you all the extent of this monster's crimes. Get right. If you wouldn't mind doing the honours... Here's what I found when investigating Linda's computer. A list of murders and missing persons dating back to the 80s. Now, what I didn't understand at first was what the place names in this column meant. I naturally assumed it's where they found the body. But that's certainly a lot of theatres, working men's clubs and caravan parks. It wasn't until Amelia gave me the password to Dan's computer that I realised these weren't places the bodies were found at all. But nearby venues were rich pickings. And literally, 
just Jimmy Rich himself were playing. That's it, boyo. That's all you got? <laughs> Circumstantial at best. Indeed. Circumstantial. And as I'm sure it's purely coincidental that the two people to work this out are now dead. Rubbish. Prove it. Well, thanks to Dan's hard work, I think his files make a pretty compelling case of tying you to these crimes. As for Linda and Dan's death, well, we'll come into that. Come on, then. If you know how this man killed Dan and Linda, tell us. My suspicions were first aroused after Linda told us that she thought she saw Jimmy go into his flat at the time Dan was murdered. It wasn't even there, man. This is true. We found pictures of you performing on stage at the time Dan was killed. I further noticed that from the side window in Rishi and Linda's lounge, they could see right into your flat, right into your bedroom. So? So, what exactly happened between Linda believing she saw you when Dan died and her own death? When I visited Rishi, I noticed that Linda had moved her writing desk away from the window. Now, I believe she did this because she had seen something through the window, something that potentially incriminated you in the death of Dan Harris. She thought that she could watch you without being seen until she was sure of her suspicions. But you could see, couldn't you? And when you realised she was watching you, you killed her. No, that's, that's not true. Again? You tell the truth. Because you didn't kill him, did you, Jimmy? That's what I'm saying, man. No, because you're not a small or a fit man, are you, Jimmy? There's no way you could have stabbed Dan, climbed up through the inspection hatch in the lift and crawled through the ceiling until you got to your flat without being seen. And in no way are you the athletic man we chased across the park after Linda was killed. Then what the heck are you talking about? This really isn't funny, Jack. No, it's not. And neither are you. <gasps> Ooh, burn. I watched your VHS, Jimmy. And that's where I worked out your partner, Jimmy Pickens, is not only athletic, but also does an uncanny impersonation of you. Suddenly, it's possible for you to be in two places at once, if you need to. And athletic enough to escape in a hurry. Oh, that doesn't even make sense. Why would he need to dress up as me? Now, that was a puzzler. You're correct. He could have just as easily have killed Dan as himself and escaped through the ceiling space into your apartment. After all, it would be much easier than trying to escape whilst lugging around an extra £50 fat suit. Especially when he's no spring chicken anymore. I tried myself to climb up through the maintenance hatch, and while it is indeed possible to crawl through the ceiling space down the corridor, you can't enter any of the flats that way. You both knew that to escape back to your flat, you would at some point have to enter the corridor. If someone saw a mysterious man in the corridor near the crime scene, he would immediately be suspected and sought out. If they saw amiable and friendly Jimmy Rich, however, it would be less likely to cause suspicion. In the event that it went wrong and you were spotted, you could claim that your gig had been cancelled and not uploaded the images to your website, which provided your alibi, and no one would have been none the wiser. But this is where you both got sloppy, Jim. You didn't realise that Linda had seen you. And by you, I mean not you. I mean Jimmy. And not the you, Jimmy. The other Jimmy. Is everyone following? 
You also got sloppy by giving me a VHS that had an advert for all your shows on. I was able to quickly cross-reference the dates of the shows with the dates from the list I'd seen from Linda's computer. Ridiculous. You're a madman. Why would we want to kill him? You said yourself, motive. Well, what's my motive, eh? Well, actually, that one is far more simple. Dan had made the link between you and Jimmy Pickens and the string of unsolved murders. Dan had been trying to prove this since he was on the force. But even then, he couldn't get other forces to buy into it and, and investigate. After leaving the police force, he moved to Prosperity Heights to be near you and try and put it all together. Finally, five days ago, he was working it out and he confronts you. He tells you he has plans to expose you. As soon as the sorry excuse for the police force actually bothered to follow up on his tip-off. Kara said that Dan looked haunted and distracted right before his death. You know that you couldn't let Dan expose what you and your partner have been up to all of these years. So plan the murder. You live to do your gig on the border while your partner in crime kills Dan. Unknown to you or Jimmy P, Dan had been filling Linda in on what he knew. Everyone kept telling us what a gentleman and professional Dan was, which meant that even if he was 99% sure he was right, that 1% doubt would have stopped him from telling Linda, particularly given Linda's reputation for gossiping. Sorry, Rish. No, that's fair. Dan couldn't risk an investigation that had taken two years to solve being ruined by gossip. But after his murder, and with a large piece of the puzzle already in her mind, she sees you, Jimmy P, and the fat suit from a lounge window. Over the next day, she watches from her window, slowly putting the final pieces of the puzzle together. But Linda didn't realise that you were also watching. Watching her. But before you did kill her, you had to make sure she knew. After all, no point putting yourselves at more risk by carrying out another murder so close to home. James told us that he'd seen you visit Linda on the day of her murder. He described it as the briefest of visits on your way out, which, if we're true, why not kill her right there and then? No, that would be too easy. And having been seen entering her flat, you risked coming under suspicion. When Linda acted strangely and made excuses for you to leave, you knew you were right. Linda knew the truth. Therefore, Linda would have to die. No, that didn't happen. By this time, searches for a mysterious stranger hiding in the flats were underway. It'd be advantageous if the suspect that was seen fleeing the scene looked nothing like any of the residents. That way, when you put the idea in Giles Hampson said that someone was hiding in the pool area, people would be more likely to believe the random stranger theory. Giles, was it not Jimmy that put the idea in your head about someone in the pool area? Well, yes, he mentioned to Gillian that he'd heard strange noises during his early morning swim and felt like someone was watching him. Yeah, the CCTV showed no one we didn't know enter or leave the complex. But Mr. Khan told everyone on this very stage that the CCTV by the pool area was broken. You snuck the gentleman to the pool area, armed with this knowledge. But again, you got sloppy in an effort to cover your tracks. You picked a homeless immigrant off the street and offered him a warm place to stay. You smuggled him into the complex in your car and straight into the pool building. But 
you didn't account for the fact that Rishi and Mr. Khan had already thoroughly searched the area multiple times. Or that the police would actually do their job for once and find an interpreter to talk to the poor guy you framed. You'd be glad to know that he picked you out from a bunch of pictures we sent to the police this morning. Oh, this is slander, and I won't stand for it. Everyone, come on, surely you can see how ridiculous this is. You're a madman, Jack. Where's your evidence? I'm not staying here for a minute longer to hear you slander my good name. I'm still a free man. Jimmy Rich, I accuse you and your partner, Jimmy Pickens, of the murders of multiple individuals dating back to the early 1980s, including our very own Dan Harris and Linda Patel-Smith. And, talking about evidence... The reason why I've been keeping you for so long while I run through each suspect, in turn, is to give Mr. Khan the time to search your flat. And here he is now, right on cue. Sorry I'm late, everyone. I trust that Jack has done a good job filling in in my absence. Mr. Khan's arrived. He's carrying what looks like a melted version of Jimmy Rich and a knife in a bag. If I were you, Jimmy, I would sit right back down. The police have been called and are on their way. So, here we have the evidence. One fat suit, one latex mask that bears a striking resemblance to Mr. Rich. Ooh, how scooby-doo. And one six-inch long knife, which I'm sure the police will be able to match with the wounds on Mr. Harris's and Mrs. Patel-Smith's bodies. Get out of my way. Quick. Oh, there he goes. Quick, he's making a break for the doors. Get out of my way. Wow, he's just body-checked Charles Hampson completely off his feet. I've got him. Quick, sit on him. I'll grab his legs. I've got his arms. Give him a little kick. That will help calm the bugger down. Ah, Mrs. Hampson, that's the spirit. The police are loading Jimmy into their van. The residents are all still milling around excitedly. Even Joel's freaking Hampson smiling. Nothing like capturing a serial murderer to bring people together, eh? Well, who'd have thought it? Jimmy Rich, a serial killer. Jack did, apparently. Jack stood over to one side, leaning against a car surveying the scene. He looks... content. Or it might be wind. It's hard to tell with Jack. Let's go see what Cardiff's greatest consulting detective has to say for himself. Well, we did it. We did, rather, didn't we? So, how does it feel to have solved the case, Miss Marple? Tiring. I think I'd like to go back to bed now, please. It's enough excitement for one apocalypse. Hey, you did it, Jackie boy. The police think they have enough to convict him. They have a couple of cars looking out for Jimmy Pickings, too. And with a bit of luck, they should have them both in irons by the morning. That's good news, Mr Key. How did you find the evidence? Well, like I told Kara, if she needs to break into a flat again, maybe she'd be better coming to me next time. Uh, what 
What was that about breaking into flats? Nothing. Nobody's broken into anything over here. Uh, please go about your business in a normal fashion. You guys look tired. Maybe you should get some sleep. And I'll handle things with the police from here. Thanks, Mr. K. Jack, I'm home. In here! Oh, it's okay. I don't need any help with my bags or anything. I'll just struggle with them to the kitchen. Okay, if you insist. You know, now you've remembered where you keep your pants, maybe you could do the shopping every once in a while? Ugh. You never know. Stranger things have happened. I just passed Will and James on the stairs. They said that Jimmy Pickens was caught this morning. Guess where? Hmm? What? Oh, uh, where? Can you at least put down your PlayStation controller while I tell you? This was your big case, after all. Aren't you more interested? Yeah, and shows you what you know. It's a Switch controller. It's just... I'm, I'm done with all that now. It was fun being a detective for a while, but honestly, I miss the quietness. I miss that feeling where your heart isn't constantly feeling like it's trying to escape your body. So I'm giving up the detective life to focus on what's important. Friends and family? Nope. Sticking it to the man and beating my score on Mario Kart. Here we are, grab a controller. You can run interference for me on this track I'm stuck on. Only me. We're in the lounge. Good timing. You can take over from me. I've got better things to be doing than playing games all evening. Like what? Oh, I don't know. Like cleaning or making sure we don't starve. You know, the basics. Meh. The mess will still be here tomorrow. You never know, maybe I'll even do a bit to help out. <laughs> what? Really? Don't make a big deal out of it or I won't. What are we playing? Oh, Mario Kart! Prepare to have your ass kicked. Now, who's the best player, do you think? <sighs> Everything's back to normal. You can skid well, and stuff, but as normal as things get around here. No, you can't use a... Bloody red shells. Veronica? I thought she was working late today. Last again. Bloody hell. Hey, V. What? Ow. Yeah, yeah, of course. Just give us a few minutes. What's up? You look like you've seen a ghost. That was Veronica. She's still in the office. And that's bad because... It looks like you won't be hanging up your Hawaiian shirt just yet. There's been a murder at work. And they want us to come at once. You've been listening to Gather the Suspects. In episode six, the suspects were... Beth and Reese as Cara, James Morgan as Jack, Edward Llewellyn as Geraint, Boggy Bondor as Veronica, Wojciech Matras as Maciej, Erin Pinnell as Alex, Tien Pham as Mr. Khan and Rishi, 
Jonathan Evans as Jimmy Rich, Gethin and James. And Magnus Carlson as Will. All of the voices were provided by the cast. Gather the Suspects was written and directed by Jonathan Evans, with sound design and audio production by Luke Wilhelm. Follow us on Twitter at gtsust underscore pod for updates on the show. And remember to hit subscribe in your favourite podcast app to be notified each time we release a new episode. Transcripts of the show can be found on our website and in the episode descriptions. 